This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Visit SmartGolfDeals.com for promotions and savings. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Oh, good evening, Toronto. Special Golf Talk Canada emergency edition as we come to you in prime time seven and nine tonight and obviously the reason we are on this evening is because of the big announcement today the entire province the entire city all awaiting the return of the game we love Uh, a lot of canadians chomping at the bit many provinces already playing golf already and uh, Ontario, one of the uh, provinces awaiting the opening of our sport, and it happened today, 1 p.m., exactly closer to 1.30 as the news conference was delayed, 30 min- minutes, where Premier Doug Ford announced that as of 12.01 a.m. Saturday morning, golf can return. Now, we all know it's going to look a little different. It's going to feel a little different, but we should all be thrilled that golf is back in the province of Ontario, and it's amazing already the amount of energy and the amount of excitement for golf returning. Um, just as a very micro example, you know, we did a poll on Twitter, on social media a few weeks back. This is several weeks ago. I think prior to people thinking they were going stir crazy, uh, wondering if people will f- feel safe when it's ready uh, to come back. Uh, and at that time, we had 80% of our audience suggest that when golf was coming back, they would play. That was several weeks ago. Now that it's back, I think that number might be even higher. And our friends at Woodington Lake let me know about 30 minutes ago that they are sold out for the entire weekend on both golf courses. So if you think that, you know, you're looking for a little example of how excited people are in the city and the province ready to go, two golf courses sold out both days for the entire weekend. Okay, I understand that my co-host, Mr. Bob Weeks, is available and with me now. Bob, uh, right out of the gates, do you have a tea time? <laughs> I uh, have put my name in for the lottery at, uh, at my home course at Weston. So we're doing it by we do it by lottery. It's very very interesting, you know. Not long after uh, the premier made the announcement, uh, I got an email from the club, and all the protocols are in place. They were obviously very well prepared, and we're expecting something. And um, I know exactly what I got to do when I get there, and how I'm supposed to react, and what's open and what's not open. So I'm hoping a lot of clubs are like that. I know I sensed a little bit on Twitter of of a little bit of unknown, um, but certainly the. Um, the positive side of being able to get outside and play golf and see some people uh, somewhere else besides Zoom is going to be exciting. Yeah, just the human connection, I think, is a thrill for a lot of people right now. Getting outside, uh, the opportunity to be outdoors uh, for four or five, six hours potentially, uh, I think is is a big win for mental health, physical health, etc., um, not sure if you heard me off the top there while I was making sure that we were connected, but Woodington Lake sold out for the entire weekend on both golf courses. I think, you know, there's obviously people chomping at the bit. Now, the protocols are in place, like you mentioned. We will talk to Kevin Thistle tonight, CEO, PGA of Canada, will join us. Mike Kelly, Executive Director, Golf Ontario, will join us. Justin O'Leary, who is the uh, golf director of Cedar Bray Golf Club, a private golf club, uh, in Toronto, just around the corner from our studios at TSN, will join us from a golf professional club perspective. What have they done to get ready? How are things going to be different? 
some gray areas maybe that they may have had to make decisions in. Now, Bob, a lot of the protocols you and I were, were kind of awaiting, so to speak. We knew it was going to be flag sticks in. We knew there were going to be certain things. One of the items that caught me off guard, and I want to get your take on this, is how much, I don't want to use the gray uh, term gray area, but flexibility or onus on the facility itself to handle certain things in certain ways. For example, uh, there's no hard and fast rule on, you know, roughly what time to show up before your tea time. No hard and fast rule on uh, staggering of tea times. No hard and fast rule on twosomes, threesomes, foursomes. There's going to be clubs kind of working around these parameters and quote-unquote best practices to feel what they're comfortable with with their courses and or their membership. Yeah, I think I think one of the benefits of being the last province or second to last province to open up is that you've sort of seen uh, essentially what's gone on everywhere else. So you have a good idea of what's working and what's not working. You know, BC, Alberta, and uh, Nova, uh, uh, New Brunswick, and you know, a lot of these places have kind of tried things out and tested them. So I think there's a paper trail there as well. You know, people like Golf Ontario, uh, the National Golf Course Owners Association, I'll give them huge props. They've been really working with a lot of the different provinces, provincial governments to sort of say, here's how you should be doing it, or they make recommendations. And I know that when we have Mike Kelly on later, he'll tell us about how they submitted stuff to the medical officer. So I, I think I think you'd, you'd probably make a mistake by hamstringing all the golf courses in certain cases, in certain parts of this comeback, because you don't, every course is going to be a little bit different and how they operate public versus private is going to be a little bit different. So um, you know, I think they've got a pretty good set of guidelines there, and, and I think that if courses just sort of be sensible, I think you can put together a pretty good plan. You know, one of the things that jumped out at me, Bob, right out of the gates was the suggestion that you should stagger your times according, accordingly to your facility. But again, to your point, not eight minutes, not 10 minutes, not 12 minutes, not 15 minutes. It was, it was kind of left open to, you know, use your head, use logic, stagger the times uh, appropriate to, to relieve congestion. It, from a fiscal standpoint, a lot of public facilities, a lot of clubs that rely on that early season revenue that they've already missed out on. Uh, and we've had some great weather. We've had actually, you know, if you throw out the last week, uh, we actually had one of the better springs we've had in quite some time. There were, were some beautiful days in early April, mid-April, where you could have gotten out there and pegged it up and played golf. So there's some revenue lost already. I think one of the big wins here from from a fiscal standpoint, especially for the public uh, golf community, is the fact that they don't have to you know, worry about, hey, we can only send one group out any 15, 20 minutes. Because two weeks ago, you and I were having that conversation. What if that narrative's correct? What if public facilities are being asked to open up and they can only send out four groups, three groups in a 60-minute window? That could cripple a lot of places. That's not the case right now. And for a place like a Woodington, like I just mentioned off the top, and I'm sure there are a ton of golf courses out there like that, they're now going to be able to hopefully uh, recuperate some of that revenue lost in the last 30 days. Yeah, I mean, let's look, let's let's not kid ourselves. I don't know how many of the golf courses would have been open for play and how much they would have lost. And there have been springs in the past where we've had late starts. But you're right, the, the golf industry makes its, makes its hay from opening day to uh, Father's Day. That's the old saying. So I think, you know, you, any any day or any week you're losing here, you're not getting that revenue back. As far as the staggered 
tea times. I've heard a couple of good things from some people today. Um, from most people I've heard, it's like 12, in a 12, 14-minute era, area for, for, uh, for private golf clubs. But I heard another club that just said, look, all we're going to do is wait until the first. We have a, they were a, a, it was a par four on the first hole. And they said, we're going to wait till the first group, till that group is off the green on the first hole. Then we'll let the other group go. If that's eight minutes, that's great. If it's 12 minutes, that's great. But, you know, we're not going to set our time clock by it because we know now that we can uh, play safely with as long as there's distance being kept. And if everyone's playing at a fast pace, then let her rip. So um, I think giving the, the golf courses a little little bit of freedom in how to just figure things out will help them get some best practices and hopefully maybe, uh, you know, maximize their revenue. What was uh, or was there, Bob, a surprise when you when you and you and I, to be transparent, probably got the same document uh, a little bit earlier this morning that that became public around one thirty this afternoon, and and we're kind of reading the same thing. And when I read when I was reading the document and reading the information was coming out, um, the only thing that surprised me and it was a pleasant surprise was, was to the flexibility that you're referring to. Was there something that jumped out at you? Was there something that you were expecting to come down that didn't come down, or something that caught you off guard today? Well, the first time I read through it, you know, the best practices about the cups was that there was the raised cups. And that was, I was sort of surprised that was the only method that they referenced. Now, they did in the document, which is a very government-style document, they did put a footnote on there linking it to a document from Saskatchewan and their best practices where they said, uh, listen, you can, we're going to start with the cups up. But then they, they amended that to, to allow for the pool noodle in the bottom of the cup or the, the you know, no-touch lift device, which I think is the best way, to be perfectly honest, because it allows for, for more regulation golf, I think. So at first I saw that and I thought, man, that's like all these golf courses are, are going to have to have the raised cups, which is to me a little bit, a little bit disappointing. Look, I'll be happy to play golf. But, um, and, and I thought it should have been clear in that document that this was one idea, that why didn't they mention the three different ideas that Saskatchewan did, if you're going to reference that. But listen, I, I think the government <laughs> is probably you know, up to their uh, uh, eyeballs in trying to put documents like this together for all the various industries. And we do know that the golf side, it doesn't involve just the sports industry, like there's the agriculture industry, because you've got all the people who are working on the golf course, and it's got the food and beverage side of it. It, it. It's intertwined a number of different areas of the government who all had to contribute to that document. So it was, it was a wide-ranging document. It uh, covered a lot more for health and safety of staff, I thought, than actual play. Um, but I, again, you know, I, I keep saying this, but I, I'm kind of glad they let the the golf courses have a little bit of, of freedom in, in certain things. Yes, the term best practices is something that we're probably going to lean on tonight in this broadcast and lean on for the next 30, 40, maybe 60 days of, of what golf is certainly going to look like out of the gates. And, you know, some of these are going to be hard, fast rules that your golf club, whether you're a private club or a public club, are going to uh, mandate and they are going to enforce. And some of them are going to look a little different uh, to Bob's uh, to Bob's suggestion, uh, depending on what facility you're looking at. And these are best practices. So um, it's not to say that a pin caddy, to Bob's point, the elevator system that lifts the bottom from the bottom of the cup isn't allowed. It's just that it wasn't outlined in the document. And although golf is the number one thing we're concerned about right here on this program, because we're a golf program, in the big picture, to Bob's point, the government is trying to do deal with this in every sector of every industry. 
And golf is just a speck of that. In our world, it's very big. But, Bob, to your point, for them to sit there and try to put together, you know, a 38-page golf-specific document is is just not going to happen at the moment. We've got a busy show tonight. We've got the uh, CEO of the PGA of Canada, our friend Kevin Thistle. He's going to join us coming up momentarily. Kevin, to talk about uh, what happened today in the province of Ontario from a PGA of Canada, PGA of Ontario perspective. What was the reaction to the membership? What are the reaction to golf pros overall? Uh, the education process to their to their membership and how they need to communicate that to you, the golfer. Mike Kelly from Golf Ontario joining us as well to talk about all the work that's gone on in the background to get us to this point. Uh, what, what he was happy with in terms of wins, losses, and just maybe some of the surprises he's seen uh, that came out today and what he's looking forward to. Uh, in hour two, we're going to connect with Justin O'Leary, a golf director at Cedarbury Golf Club, uh, get a bit of a local flavor here in Toronto and see what kind of decisions they're having to make at a, at a club level. Have they adjusted their tee times? Uh, certain things that they had to make decisions on. Did they speak to their membership, uh, board decisions, etc.? Justin will jump in like that in on that. Of course, Adam Scully, a little Scully time. We'll get Adam's look. I know Adam's been in communication with Bayview golf club all day that's adams golf club uh and we'll get their take see how closely they align with justin at cedarbray golf club and of course later in the show i don't know if, if this has gone lost bob in the mix but live golf live golf returns this sunday in the uh, driving relief charity event for covid19 brought to you by TaylorMade. we got dj rory against fowler and matt, matt wolf from the uh, famous Donald Ross Classic Design Seminole Golf Club. It'll be on CTV and TSN this Sunday. And our good friend Jerry Fultz from the Golf Channel, who's part of the broadcast team covering this live event on Sunday, will join us in hour two to preview what to expect at Seminole. But on the other side, we're going to be joined by Kevin Thistle. But first, a News Talk 1010 traffic update. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the drivers so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back, GTC Primetime Edition on a Thursday night. I got Thursday correct. Amazing. I've lost complete track of days, times, calendars, etc. since the lockdown started. And uh, I wore uh, pants with a belt twice this week, so it's a big week for me uh, this week. So uh, th- today was just another uh, step towards civilization again when uh, we got the announcement that golf returns on Saturday. And our next guest w- must have been thrilled. I'm assuming he was thrilled. Uh, to hear the uh, official announcement at 1.30 that golf is coming back as a 12.01 a.m. Saturday morning in the province of Ontario. CEO of the PGA of Canada, our good friend, and the man who gave me my first golf lesson. Yes, I know. That's the first thing he lists on his resume, Mr. Yeah. Kevin Thistle. <laughs> hey, Mark, Kevin, how are you tonight? How are you? That's, that's the highlight of my golfing career right there. 
Uh, all right, Kev, let's jump right in. You know, we've had you on a few times. Um, we were forecasting. We were trying to say a lot of what ifs, uh, a lot of guesses. It's here now. It's, it's, it's real and it starts Saturday. What has been the overall tone of the membership in the province since it became official today? Yeah, I think the uh, overall tone's been relief. You know, I believe they've been, uh, um, you know, cautiously optimistic, which uh, they could be for the last two, three, four weeks. We've got some great signs from Premier Ford that be patient, you know, May 4th, you know, ever since the, you know, even in, back in March, April, we could always uh, maintain the golf courses. But then on May 4th, we were allowed to, you know, bring staff and get ready for, you know, the pro shop, the kitchen, et cetera, sort of thing. So I think we were looking forward to this day. But when it finally comes and they say, wow, we're even going to give it a long weekend, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of relief thinking that, hey, we can get the, the golf season underway and uh, and let's get it going. And Saturday's going to be a beautiful day. So that's a, that's a bonus also. Oh, sorry, I thought Bob was with us here. It sounds like we lost Bob, so I will jump in here. Kevin, uh, and from an educational standpoint, um, a lot of the protocol is about um, sanitizing the workspace, running traffic or managing traffic in your pro shop, uh, things of that nature. A, a lot less, um, I guess I'm going to say protocol than what we expected in the actual management. We were talking off the top of the show how much flexibility each facility has. So a lot's going to fall on the PGA professional in that facility to make calls that they feel are right for their golf club. From an educational standpoint, how much has gone in? Have you guys been talking about uh, different ideas, different ways of running the pro shop, things to be prepared for. How much communication with the association and, and, and your membership has there been in advance of this Saturday that's been going on in the background while we've been awaiting this day? Yeah, it's been an amazing collaboration with really the, the provinces across Canada zones. Like, you know, see that Naga, Ontario, which includes the PG of Ontario, who's doing a great job. You know, they sent a, a lot of letters, of course, to uh, the Ontario government. And we've had on our um, website, we've had the COVID-19 resource, uh, resource hub. And, you know, it shows best practice. We've been dealing with um, every zone, every province across Canada. Plus, we've been dealing with every major PGA across the world. So we've got the best practices. You know, you, you'll see someone like Alberta say, or Ontario even, will put out best practices. And we've accumulated those. And even this evening, we're sending out another communique to our members because – there's a lot of golf operations best practice, but we're also sending out a human resources operation guide, workplace safety, retail best practices, and like a marketing and communication checklist. What we've done is we just don't want to rely that, hey, the staff at, say, the PG of Australia or the staff of the PG of Canada have put this together. Everything we've just described that we're sending out this evening has been undertaken by professionals in the health sector, the um, workplace safety sector. So it's not us saying we're the experts. We're actually listening to the experts. They've actually put these checklists together. And believe me, every province, like the NAG, if I can call it the province, the associations, they've put together great practices, you know, protocols, etc. And we just wanted to make sure that we, you know, for the um, smaller operator who may not have the resources for HR or, you know, retail experience, we just want to show them that here, here's some professional advice from you know the experts in the industry, and I think we're in good stead. We have seen across Canada that the PG of Canada professionals have done very well with opening golf courses, you know, in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, you name it, you know, Brunswick. 
and they've done a great job because we've had the, you know many of the health inspectors just come out and, and talk with us. So we're very excited to get open in Ontario for sure. Kevin, how do you see the role of the, the PGA professional changing over the next few weeks and months? Yeah, I think that it, it could go back to the early days. Like, it's almost like, you know, the PGA professional is going to wear so many hats. They've got to be the steward of the game, but they've also got to be the safety officer. You know, the uh, superintendent is on the golf course. He can't really, you know, everyone pays a part, but the golf professional has to make sure that we adhere to the protocols, make sure that, you know, when they're coming to check in, that, you know, we're using touchless uh, payment. We also have signage. We also have, you know, maybe tape on the ground that shows us the six-foot centers. And he's got to make sure that he's the warden also and, and, and be very tough on it. You know, we've talked to many golf courses. They're going to have like a one and out or a two strikes and you're out for the year sort of thing. And, and that's what we've got to do. I think the, the professional is going to wear many hats, but he's got to take safety first, of course. We hear it a lot, but that is our main, uh, our main focus, our main message every time. Always listen to the experts, and if they mandate it, we do it. We're with Kevin Thistle, CEO of the PGA of Canada. Uh, Kevin, I'm just curious, maybe you've been asked this already. Maybe a member has reached out to you and asked this question, and it's not, nothing I've heard, but the question has to be asked. What happens, or what's the scenario, or what's the communication to your membership for someone under the PGA of Canada who says, I don't feel safe going to work. I, I don't feel safe coming back at this time. Do you, do you have an association protocol in place? Do you have a communication piece to your head professionals, golf directors, et cetera, to handle a situation as such? We, we have to absolutely do. We have two. We have one that's workplace safety, which was, uh, was in direct consultation with acute environmental and safety services. And we have another human resources uh, operation guide, which was a development with the law firm of Pro and Silverman. So we took the legal side of things and we also took the workplace safety side of things. And this is being communicated to our members because, in essence, they have the right. And it's very, very clear. We've not been asked this yet, but it's very, very clear that if, if, if they don't feel it's safe or if they don't feel they're getting the uh, support from whoever, their management, the owners, whatever, they have the right to stay home. And we've given them legal advice here. We are not the experts. I've always said that. I've said that for 20 years, actually, that we are not the experts, but we have the experts' advice, and we have sent this to our members to make sure that they feel comfortable in whatever decision they make. Kevin, there's a lot of roles for the PGA professional, obviously, and, and, it, and one of the ones that, uh, that I've heard a lot about from, from today is, what about the teaching professional? What about lessons right now? <laughs> Can you, I mean, I know people are doing online lessons and getting very creative in how they're teaching and stuff. What do you see for the future of that? Do you think people will be taking golf lessons this summer? Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the great thing about uh, the golf lessons, it really is just like golf. You know, it gone to the days where someone has to take your hand and put it over your, you know, your right shoulder and I guess your left, you know, your ball, so over your left shoulder, <laughs> etc. Et you know, those are the days. You know, we have seen that in a lot of the provinces, they have said that at the driving range, we're going to do 12-foot centers because most of them are around 9-foot centers already. So 12-foot centers, so there's, there's safe distancing between golfers. A one-on-one -on -one lesson, there's no worries whatsoever. And I've even seen, you know, protocols around groups of two or three because, you, you know, especially adults, you can safely distance them. But I, I see that, you know, that many people will be coming, you know, sort of, you know, offline and online. And even as of Tuesday, actually the indoor facilities are allowed to be open. So you'll see a lot more live lessons starting tomorrow, actually, 
And I, I believe it's very safe. It's like anything. If we go to the grocery store, if we go to play tennis, if we go to the, the indoor dome, just keep safe distance. And that's the main thing that we keep saying is that there's a lot of things that we can get back to if we all play our part. And, and it's just two meters that is the most important thing right now. Yeah, that is very well said, Kevin. And the responsibility is now on us, the individual, and in, in terms of the golf column, the golfer, the golf community. Uh, let, let's abide by the rules. Let's stay in our lane and we get to enjoy the thing, the things we love and the things about this game we love. So, Kevin, thanks so much for your time. You've been a real, uh, positive voice, positive energy as always, like you always have been. And you and your association have taken a great leadership role, been part of the uh, puzzle and how to put this back together. And it's always appreciated. And we thank you uh, for your time. And I look forward to playing golf at some point this year with you. So, uh, stay safe, get out there. Uh, play. I know you still have a lot of work to do from your, from you and your association standpoint to get these doors, uh, physically opened across the entire country and keep the ball rolling downhill. But well done. And thanks again for jumping in with Bob and I. Thanks guys and yourself and, and Bob. Keep up the great work on social media. You really are giving us a lot of uh, great information and insight. So thanks so much. Kevin Thistle, CEO, PGA of Canada, speaking from the golf professionals perspective, coast to coast, and certainly here in the province of Ontario with the big news that we are opening on Saturday for play in the province. On the other side, Mike Kelly, the executive director of Golf Ontario, uh, the governing body in this province of the game, the amateur game. And Mike will jump in on the news, the protocol, and the way golf is going to look when you get to the golf course, whether it be Saturday or the next time you get out there. We'll jump in with Mike Kelly next. First, News Talk 1010 Traffic Update. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and SimMax drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the driver so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back. Primetime edition of GTC as we try to dive a little deeper into the big announcement today. The golf returning to the province of Ontario. Jailbreak. Bob, I feel like we've just kind of broken out of jail and everybody's <laughs> going to be you know, rushing with their, their weapons to the first tee. That's certainly what it feels like. Our next guest, Executive Director of Golf Ontario, a friend of Golf Talk Canada, Mr. Mike Kelly. Mike, we've had you on a bunch of times. We've been waiting for to the, the announcement today. I just I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you we'd be golfing by the long weekend. I just want to say it. Yeah, you did. You did, and I knew you'd bring that up. <laughs> Mike, Bob and I were talking immediately off the top of how, uh, I don't want to say surprised, but let's say pre- pleasantly surprised we were with the flexibility in the best practices and the protocols that came out uh, earlier today from the province. We think it's a big win, and I think the uh, now it's on us. How did you feel? Yeah, well said. No, absolutely well said, and I think... You know, I think that uh, 
um, that these measures that were provided by the government today is actually a reflection of, to be honest with you, a lot of work that's gone into it the last, uh, call it month or so, maybe a little bit longer, um, with our We Are Golf industry partners um, working, you know, around the clock behind the scenes. Um, I think, you know, our owners and operators and professionals and superintendents, um, we're very proactive, put together resource documents that showed that we know what we were doing and, and we're willing to retool and pivot our operations to ensure that we are providing a safe environment. I think, you know, that had, I, I'm, I believe that played a, you know, a meaningful role in, in what came down today. And, and, um, you know, I think, I think you said his press conference too. I mean, yeah, you know, I think they have, they have, um, a lot of belief in, in the golf industry that can ensure that this new, um, opportunity for Ontarians to, to get some recreation, they can do it at a golf course and they can do it safely. Mike, what, what was uh, what was the whole process between you guys in, in physically dealing with the government back and forth, uh, and and then trying to get the document out today? I know it's sort of a short notice to try to get that, but walk us through the kind of behind the scenes stuff that went on to get this to where we are now. Yeah, well, it started probably again. I'm, I'm going to say about a month ago. Um, it started with uh, the creation of the Jobs and Recovery Committee. Uh, so that when they created that, they really they really provided uh, an opportunity and a mechanism for us to really tell our story and and why golf should be part of the first phase of reopening. And and we started with a letter that again, so just for um, your listeners, that uh, again, this is uh, you know we are golf. So that's the it's Golf Ontario, it's the NGCOA, the owners and PGA professional golf course superintendents and, and general managers, and and we collectively um, you know put together a letter that articulates. Uh, like I said, uh, a, a story that we all believe in, and and um, but it was backed with uh, about four pages of of health measures and and best practices that we were willing to implement. And a lot of this just came from from the individual stakeholders, whether they're being superintendents providing some of the um, you know agronomy side of side of the operation or clubhouse and and golf ops and and things like that. So it all rolled up into one document, and. Um, we, we provided that, and then it was a lot of back and forth. And I know a lot of golf course operators were involved in the process and, and were huge and instrumental um, as part of this as well. And um, engaging with MPPs that were on that Jobs and Recovery Committee, uh, you know, and, and that, you know, together with what we were doing, it, it really was, a, a, you know, a, a collective win. And, and uh, you know, I've said this all along that we are, we're all in this together, and, and we have been working, you know, hand-in-hand hand to, to get it done. We've you know, to be honest with you, we probably had three to four letters, maybe five that, that ended up going. Uh, we hit the Jobs and Recovery Committee, and then we reacted to seeing what, uh, what was going on in other provinces. So we saw some of the tea time intervals coming up, uh, 20 minutes of Saskatchewan. So, you know, we, we felt the need to write the committee and say, listen, wait, you know, it doesn't need to be this. We can manage it. Um, and again, we were successful there. And then we wrote again to... Uh, to try to get us open for for this weekend, and really, and then focus our efforts on the chief medical officer. So, you know, it was we kept pivoting, uh, making sure the messaging was was putting the, the the you know the health and safety of our of the people that are working at facilities, and of course guests and golfers, you know, first and foremost. Um, and then obviously, you know, there's a there's substantial economic benefit to the to the golf business. So it was it was collaborative. It was regular communication. It was a lot of pivoting. But, you know, in the end, uh, you know, I think we handled it really well. 
With Mike Kelly, Executive Director of Golf Ontario. Mike, people have been asking me all day, uh, like very specific questions about what to expect when they get to their golf club, and I've tried to answer them as as well as I could with, with really a lot of the answers uh, being, uh, it really depends on where you're going to be playing golf because some, some places will have twosomes, threesomes, some places will allow foursomes. Some people at private clubs are saying, if you know, because you're a private club, if your husband and wife live in the same household, you can both take a golf cart. If not, you got to be in a golf cart separately. So again, there there is some flexibility. It depends on where you're going, what you're playing. The one question I keep get, getting that I haven't seen addressed, and I can't imagine that it's going to count, but I keep getting asked: Will we be able to count any of these rounds in COVID nineteen protocol towards our handicaps or towards a version of our handicaps? I have not had an answer for them, and I was just kind of amazed if we would be able to do so. Where are we on that? Has that even come up yet? Yeah, it's come up um, when it comes to, you know, entering scores. And, um, you know, the World Handicap System just um, just launched this year. What a year to launch the World Handicap System. And, <laughs> you know, and, and our team's killing it in terms of, you know, Golf Canada and, and the Golf Ontario team and even in, including our volunteers and webinars and obviously – Lots of time for people uh, to to learn that system, and and yes, scores you know can count. I mean, it's, it, but I can tell you that um, golf course each golf course is treating it differently. Um, you know, and I think how you apply the measures, and you know, there's a calculation of most likely score. And and boys, we're not going to get into it now because I am the last person who needs to get into the weeds on that one. But it's you know, I mean, it's uh, I think golf clubs are going to handle it differently. And then when you talk about that experience, right? The experience, your normal golf experience is, isn't going to be normal, but it's also going to be, it's going to be variable depending on where you play golf. I mean, it's, it's just the reality with, you know, the flexibility we've been given by the government um, will, will, you know, golf course with golf courses will implement that in different ways. And, and I think when you go to bucket tea time, you'll start seeing that and you'll start seeing whether you're being told to show up no more than 20 minutes beforehand um, you know, or maybe there's a little bit more leniency that way. I think you're, it's, um, like I said, it's going to be different from course to course, but I think the most important thing is that everyone exercise a bit of patience. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, like I said, we're all in this together and, and we're all trying to do the right thing and, and make sure we're providing a safe environment and, and patience probably a little bit of patience on behalf of everybody will go a long way, I think, um, as we all try to figure this out. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to be on a golf course Saturday morning, um, and uh, that's that's a great thing. Beyond the golf course, if you can get a tee time, it's pretty jammed up out there. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't wanna, I don't want to put you on the spot, Mike, but I do want to ask you this question, which is another one that I've been getting on social media a lot. Do you know anything about driving ranges and whether they'll be allowed to open? I don't, actually. I'm working on that uh, to see, to get specific guidance on that. So um, I, I, we'll, we're, we're we'll working check on in, it. We'll check in with you yeah. when you get that then. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Uh, Mike, before we let you go, just out of curiosity, and again, I know it's early days. I know this just uh, spat out a few hours ago. But now that we're open for golf, now that there is protocol in place and the wheels are starting to uh, at least roll downhill a little bit, does this put any of the uh, maybe some of the events, some of the championships, some of the things you had on the calendar that you thought maybe were gone, does this put, put some of that back in play? Uh, possibly. <laughs> so it's I'm getting questions a lot too. So and you know what? I feel bad because it's you know we we just got these health measures today, and uh, we're again. I think I might have told this to Bob earlier. It's just 
you know, if I could have had this, you know, one more added week to this to give us a little bit of, of, of breathing room to figure it out and, and how this applies to our championships. As you guys know, every program we run is heavily supported by volunteers and clubs and club volunteers. And, and so, again, uh, you know, health and safety will be priority number one as we evaluate, you know, different options. Um, you know, but I can, let me tell you this, guys. Um, you know, the announcement came out at, what, 1.30. Um, we, we were, you know, very quick to Twitter. And I can tell you that the collective excitement of Golfers in Ontario took down our website in a minute. 17,000 hits all at one time, and our website was down. So it's, uh, and actually I've seen a lot from golf courses that are reaching out. Their systems have been down too, just with all the volume. And good thing is our website's back up. And uh, you know what? Um, every, I, I can tell you we're going to do everything we can uh, to continue to provide, you know, best-in-class service and, and services. And, and uh, you know, we'll, find, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll know a little bit more as the, in the coming days and weeks. Now you know how we feel every time we put up a new Adam Scully workout video, Mike. It just crashes <laughs> the well said, system. Well yeah, yeah, d- totally different de- uh, different demo, by the way, that Bob and I usually attract to the Golf Talk Canada community. <laughs> yeah. so, let's just say, Mike, thanks so much for your time. We know it's early days, and this a lot of this is brand new, and we still have to figure it out. But what it is is uh, really weeks and weeks of work. Uh, from all of you, uh, in, in the, the stakeholders, the governing bodies, et cetera, working towards today and working towards Saturday. So we appreciate your time. Uh, I'm sure you'll be on, uh, with us <laughs> again very yeah. soon as more information comes. And I know, uh, something that you'll be, uh, saying over the next several days and over the next several weeks that I want to kind of put a bow on this and, and really press this to our listeners tonight. We don't get a mulligan on this. Uh, this is our opportunity to show that we can golf and follow the rules and keep courses open and, and keep the ball rolling. This is not our opportunity to, uh, to forget what we're dealing with and, and shut our industry down again. So thanks so much, well and said. you know you're welcomed on at any time. Yeah, well, well said, guys. And just if I could give a quick shout-out to my team, uh, staff, team, and board, uh, again, it's it's uh, everybody's been working around the clock. Um, it's not been easy, um, but I, you know, we certainly appreciate all their efforts and uh, um, and thank you again for all of your support, guys. Play well this uh, weekend, uh, Michael, and uh, don't be too upset uh, with the few three jacks and a few missed shots. It's been a while, so give yourself a break. Oh, I know that that's one, coming, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Mike. Mike Kelly, Executive Director of Golf Ontario, very excited and uh, looking at the fruits of uh, his labor and uh, and the golf community's labor in the province of Ontario to get it open for the weekend. On the other side, we'll get you caught up to date, 20 weeks of TaylorMade, our video podcast. We'll set up Hour 2, also preview what's coming up with our uh, Driving Relief event. Uh, Sunday, CTV TSN has the coverage of the return of live golf, and we'll focus a bit on that in hour two and there is a canadian angle to that as well with our friends at TaylorMade canada so we'll get you caught up on that on the other side first news talk 1010 traffic update this segment of gtc presented by smartgolfdeals.com was brought to you by weathertech canada canada's leader in automotive accessories including digifit floor liner the most advanced concept in floor protection today visit weathertech.ca
Welcome back, GTC Primetime Edition. we got another hour left in Golf Talk Canada as we are going to switch gears a little bit. We're still going to touch base on the big news today regarding uh, golf opening up in the province of Ontario as we are going to speak with Justin O'Leary, golf director of Cedarbrake Golf Club, and uh, speak to Justin about some of the decisions he had to make, maybe you know, working within the announcement that came out today and how, they, how a golf pro makes a decision for his venue or, or the club's uh, membership. Because again, there was a lot of wiggle room for facilities to make decisions. So how do they come about these decisions? How do they decide 20 minutes before tea time instead of 30 minutes? How do they decide cart rules? Uh, a lot of courses are suggesting they're not going to have carts at all. It's going to be walking only unless you have medical clearance. So uh, how do how do these facilities come to that? Bob, I'm not too sure if you're aware but we know Sunday, CTV and TSN is going to have TaylorMade Driving Relief, which is the charity event uh, for COVID-19 uh, from Seminole Golf Club. DJ Rory against Matt Wolf, Ricky Fowler, Jerry Fultz from the Golf Channel going to join us uh, in hour two to set up Sunday's coverage. Uh, but there's a Canadian component to, component to that as well. Um, David Bradley, general manager of TaylorMade Canada, going to join you and I Saturday morning. They've connected with 160 Canadian hospitals through a, a frontline healthcare support uh, foundation that battles COVID-19 so the Canadians can make direct uh, contributions to the fight against COVID-19 for health workers right here in Canada. I mean, that's, that's an amazing uh, opportunity for Canadians to get in on the contributions and to help out while they're watching a little bit of golf. Um, you know, there's already $4 million in the U.S. just set on the table by, by corporate donations. And, and once I think the donation button for uh, regular people, wherever you may be watching, United States, Canada, or somewhere else in the world gets, gets opened up, uh, that would be great to see. And it's, it's kind of gives you an idea of, uh, of how impactful golf can be, how impactful live sports can be, and probably how hungry we are right now to try and watch something that's not a rerun, nothing against uh, watching the old Masters reruns, but... It's kind of nice to see something a little bit, a little bit live, even if it is uh, just sort of a hit and giggle event. Yeah, there's only so many times you can go to maybe, yes, sir. That only goes so far, right, Bob? You know, uh, before we uh, go to break and wrap up hour one, who you liking Sunday? That, you know, we had a Golf Talk Canada poll. I believe the number was 90%. I'm going to double-check this in the second hour, but I think, sorry, 81%. That's the exact number. 81% of our listening audience has DJ and Rory coming out on top Sunday. What are you thinking? Ah, I got a little sneak preview today. I was on a teleconference with three of the four players. Dustin Johnson said that the first time he has played golf since the first round of the Players' Championship was last Sunday. So he's not going to exactly be uh, tournament ready, I don't think. So that might be uh, something that people might want to consider before they put their money down on the on the bets. And I think there is a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities to bet because there's not much to bet on these days. So just something to put under your hat for uh, for if you do go to the, the, the wicket. However, Bob, he did birdie his first hole. <laughs> he did birdie. You're right. sometimes time off you forget all those bad habits right it could go that way 
Uh, well, speaking of TaylorMade and the driving relief, we were in the middle of 20 weeks of TaylorMade. We just started. Last week, we gave away our first prize, a brand new SIM driver, week one. Across 20 weeks, we have 19 weeks left to go. We're going to give away close to 20000 in TaylorMade prizing. Of course, the grand finale will happen U.S. Open weekend in early September, where we will give away a full set, a custom, a custom set, TaylorMade golf experience through the baggie. Go for the fitting, you get fit top to bottom, full experience, full set, grand prize, U.S. Open weekend through 20 weeks of TaylorMade. You got a chance to win every week. This Saturday, we are giving away a Sim Fairway Medal and the new My2 MG2 Wedge program. So the My M, sorry, excuse me, the My MG2 Wedge program. That's the personalized MG2 Wedge program. You can get the stamps, the colors you want, your initials, anything you want on that wedge to personalize that wedge for you so you know it's yours and yours only. We're giving away that and a TaylorMade Sim Fairway Medal this Saturday, week two, 20 weeks of TaylorMade. How do you win? So simple. Just follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada for your chance to win. If you already follow us, you're already entered. Hour two coming up. We're going to have Jerry Fultz from Golf Channel. He's going to set up Sunday's big match. Justin O'Leary from Cedar Bray Golf Club. And a little Scully time. Master producer himself, Adam Scully, coming up in hour two. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to a primetime edition of GTC Hour 2. Speaking of the Ontario Open, a little news coming out of uh, PGA Tour Canada today. They're in a bit of a holding pattern as they keep an eye on the U.S.-Canada border in that situation. And uh, that is in uh, lockdown until May 20th. And if you believe what you read in the news and the rumors, there might be an extension on that border uh, staying closed for another 30 days, which would take us into uh, late June. So we'll keep our eye open on that. Okay, getting back to the game we love and the recreational side of it, our guest now is the golf director of Cedar Bray Golf Club, is a friend of our shows, supporter of GTC, is also a fellow Adidas ambassador, Justin O'Leary, joining us now. Justin, thanks so much for taking the time because I know you've had nothing to do today at all. You've been lying around all day, not dealing with members requests, tea times requests, and I'm sure your phone hasn't uh, rung off the hook. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, it um, it has been a day like no other. It, it literally went from the off season, the off season to mid season before Premier Ford <laughs> finished the sentence. It was it was insane from about one thirty <laughs> to about four thirty. What, uh, what, what do you put in place with with the club to uh, to handle that? Like, how do you? Uh, I mean, I'm just imagining there's just a huge overload of phone calls and people coming in. And I mean, what do you, how do you deal with that? Well, in all honesty, it was kind of fun. I mean, it was hectic for a little while. Then my, uh, my associate, Mike Johnson, and I looked at each other and just kind of laughed. And um, <laughs> it went, and touching on what Mike was saying earlier, that 
the server that we provide our online T system with, uh, it actually crashed from overload. So then it was just all emails and phone calls. And there was four of us on the phone in the pro shop and no word of a lie. One thirty until about 20 after four, I think we just kind of went, wow, that, that's we're back. Uh, Justin, I'm curious because, you know, what, one of the main things that came out today, again, and we've, we've kind of hammered on this all night, is the flexibility. There's, there's some rules that are kind of rules that are firm in place, and then there's a bunch of kind of, you know, best practices, suggestions. What were you doing in advance of today with your, with your team, with your board, to try to make decisions for your club on what it, what it might look like when the handcuffs are ta- were taken off? And how much did you have to adjust or change based on the news that came out today? Because I'm curious as to the process that clubs are going to go through on, you know, how they decide spacing at tee times, how they decide twosomes, threesomes, foursomes, et cetera. What was the process you went through? And did you make any adjustments after the news today? Well, I think we didn't make any adjustments after the news today, but we've made about a million adjustments in the last couple of weeks. And one of the first things we did is our, our general manager, Martin Pichet, we kind of formed a COVID-19 committee with the management team and then our executive team from the board. And, I mean, on being on a ton of Zoom calls over the last couple of weeks, every property has so many similar similarities, but they also have so many differences. And if you've played Cedarbury, which, Mark, I know you have, uh, for instance, we've got a, a vehicle that brings people up a hill after the uh, the ninth and 18th hole. And so that was the one kind of caveat that we had to base our tee time spacing on because two holes emptying at one time, getting into a vehicle, it just wasn't going to work. So we we basically timed it on that, and we moved our tee times from nine minutes to 12 minutes. And things such as our, our members are only allowed on the property 30 minutes before their tee time. And while it might sound a little regimented, it's it's more of a safety thing to keep the people moving and – as much as we want to see everybody, we don't want to see everybody all at one time. It's just got to be a steady flow. So I guess the word flow would be kind of what we all based it around. Of. It's, uh, it, it's, it's going to be an exciting day when you get out there. What, what's, the, what's the golf going to look like at Cedar Bray on Saturday morning? What, why are, you know, what are we going to expect to see out there and, and at other private courses and all golf courses, really? Yeah, well, I think, um, I think I'll start by giving a shout-out to the superintendents. I mean, they've literally – been working with a skeleton staff and then they just had a, a 48 hour bomb dropped on them. The golfers are coming and they're coming hot. So the good thing is that the golf courses they're the golf courses should be in great shape. Like I can speak for Cedar Bray uh, in my seven years, it's probably in the best condition I've seen it. So we we're a competitive club, not, we get a lot of good players and a lot of players that not even based on ability, they like to kind of play by the rules as much as possible, obviously within reason right now. So We've gone to the the, uh, the pin caddy, so in terms of, like, we didn't like the idea of the raised cups, um, so we're going to go with that. But still, the safety measures of no rakes in the bunkers and kind of um, no no water on the golf course, no benches on the golf course. So it's going to be bare minimal golf, which I think if you play golf in Europe, sometimes North America goes a little the other way. So this might be a good step back in, in some regards for sure. We're with Justin O'Leary from Cedar Bray Golf Club. Justin, that's a great segue to my next question because there is a lot of good, there are many good players at Cedar Bray. It is a golfer's golf club. Uh, I saw some stats today, uh, on surveys that, uh, Golf Ontario and some of our go- governing bodies have, have taken and reached out to private clubs and public clubs about, 
Uh, are you going to have men's nights? Are you going to have ladies' nights? Are you going to keep your league play going? And it's it's uh, remarkably close. It's it's fifty fifty right now. Whether clubs are you know half of them are intending to move forward with those things, some aren't. From a Cedar Bay perspective, where have you landed on that, or is it a wait and see approach? Whether uh, your successful men's night comes back, for instance, in some of your leagues or match play ladders. Well, it's a little bit of both. Our theory was basically anything that we could run with straight tee times, so getting away from crossovers and shotguns, again, getting back to the the number of people around the property. So our men's day, which is on Wednesdays, which is straight tee times, we're going to continue running that. Our ladies' day, which is on Tuesday morning, we're going to continue running that. So, But there's going to be little changes. For instance, on our men's day, we you had the option to pay $20 cash for your entry fee or charge it. Now it's all charging because we don't want to be touching cash. And all prizes instead of... You know, instead of handing out money prizes, it'll all be pro shop credit, which is a benefit to the club in, in some regards. So, again, everything as much as possible is similar with a few changes, if that makes any sense. What, Justin, what are you going to do for enforcement? And what, what happens if someone doesn't stick with the rules? How do you how do you handle that? Well, I've had the last couple of days, we've kind of brought our teams in in small pods, and we've had meetings with our teams and whatnot. And, and really, it's from both a staff standpoint as well as a member standpoint, they're really can't be any any leeway i mean obviously we i keep using the example you know if somebody gets a hold of one and they give somebody a high five that gets caught up in the moment and it's accidental that's okay but if there's a flagrant flagrant breaking of the rules um i mean you endanger yourself you endanger the health of other people and i mean you endanger the property for they could close the property down and then we're all back to square one a couple of weeks where we were a couple of weeks ago um so i think from a board standpoint our board will be in charge of disciplinary disciplining the members if there's kind of breaches and myself and the management team will be in charge of kind of looking after our staff so but it'll be serious there's no question about it uh, uh, Justin, Bob asked Mike earlier a driving range question because Bob and I both got hit up on social media today, people asking about driving ranges uh, and whether they'll be uh, able to open in the in the province. And, and Mike's looking for more information for, for in that world. But from a private club standpoint, you guys got a great practice facility there at Cedar Bray. Uh, asking for a friend, uh, what are the uh, <laughs> rules on the driving range in practice facility? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I would say let's... let's- Let's change the term practice facility to warm-up facility. So it's basically in that 30-minute window before your time that you're allowed to arrive. Uh, I foresee it as basically, you know, 10 minutes to cart your own clubs up because you will be carting your own clubs up, whether on a power cart or on a rickshaw. And then you'll have about 10 minutes to hit balls on the, on the driving range. And we've reduced our driving range to about 50% of its capacity. And then you'll have about 10 minutes if you want to putt and chip and whatnot before working your way to the first tee. So it's kind of a warm-up. And then following your round, I mean, at the risk of sounding rude, um, you're expected basically to leave the property right away. So there's no hitting balls after your round. So it's uh, it's get get the blood flowing and then get out in the golf course and go do what we've been waiting to do for the last, you know, eight weeks. It's it's uh, It's got to be exciting for the membership too, I would think. And, and exciting for the club in terms of, of I mean, you, 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 there's a lot of pent-up anger or disappointment or whatever to finally get the people out there. Are you sensing just like a, 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 a widespread of joy across the, the whole golf club? Yeah, you know what? I really am, Bob, for sure. And I think, we're, well, hopefully we're going to see that in just about every facet of life these days, uh, these coming days. But uh, I, I'm excited Saturday morning. I mean, I'm sure we're going to have an absolute packed tee sheet, and it's going to be great to see everybody from a distance. And you can just tell the buzz that was in the clubhouse today, and it's only going to be magnified Saturday morning. And 
and moving forward. Of course, it's supposed to rain Sunday and Monday, but we won't talk about that. But yeah, it, it's going to be an exciting <laughs> year. We've been, we've been waiting for it a long time, so it's uh, it's go time. Let's go. Justin, before we let you go, just curious. Another question that has popped up uh, and, and some conversation amongst uh, my, my golf club, the Toronto Hunt Club as well. Uh, curiosity, have you heard any reluctancy or heard any comments from uh, the, say, the older portion of the membership? Are, are they... Are they looking forward to coming out? Have you had any communication or received any tea time requests from them? Or is there a reluctancy from the older portion of the membership to say, uh, I trust this right now and I'm coming back and playing golf? Uh, um, in all honesty, I haven't heard too many negatives, to be honest. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they, they, are, they do exist, and I'm sure there will be people that won't be around for the first little while. But... Um, I mean, we're just going to do everything we can to make it safe for them and for us. But I get it. I mean, I totally understand if they want to hang tight for another, you know, couple of weeks or month or whatever it is. But in all honesty, it's been, let's say, 99% positive. So that, that's exciting. Justin, thanks so much for your time. Uh, have a great season. I hope to see you at some point uh, in the near future to hopefully play golf. And uh, and uh, excited getting back out there. It's one of my favorite clubs in the city. Always enjoy it. You and the team there do such a great job. The membership's awesome. And uh, uh, good luck on, on a great opening this weekend. Uh, we've all been waiting for it a long time, so enjoy it. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate that. And yeah, we'll get you and Bob up for a game later in the summer when we get our feet kind of on the ground a little more sturdy. But yeah, looking forward to it. Have a great season, guys. All right, Justin O'Leary, Cedar Bray Golf Club. Um, Bob, interesting. You know, it's like I'm sure a lot of the pros, you know, Justin is so well-connected and has so many friends. He's so well-liked in the industry. These guys must have been on the horn and Zoom calls and just back and forth with one another. Uh, you know, how are you going to deal with this? What's your what's your attitude towards that? And Justin brings up a great point, talking about the personalization of a property and thus the need for flexibility in a property with the ninth and eighteenth at Cedar Bray with the shuttle up the hill, something unique to the property. Without that flexibility, really hard to go back to business. It is, and and you know, I had someone reach out to me and say that they thought the, the the document that was prepared by the Ontario government was kind of vague, and didn't give them a lot of uh, length to to run with, sort of. And and you know, but like you said, there's a perfect example. Or or you know, I don't know, what do you do with bathrooms? And there's so many questions to be answered. And you're right, these guys must have been just going through it, and and I'm sure they had curveballs thrown at them left and right. And I'm sure it's very different for a public facility versus a private facility. At a private facility, in most cases, you know the people who are out on the golf course. On the public ones, you know, probably not so much. You might have a few wild cards out there. So um, there's going to be a lot of fast learning that's going to be needed by done be done by a lot of people in the golf industry who are very capable of doing it over the next week or so. You know, it's funny. I was on first up this morning, and uh, I basically said there's probably not a s- place I feel safer anywhere on the planet right now than the middle of the fairway on a golf course. But maybe the scariest place in the world right now is a public washroom, Bob. So, <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> so you know, well, I'm not so sure I'll be running to use the men's room at any time soon. So. <laughs> On the other side, we are going to connect with master producer himself, Mr. Adam Scully. I know he's been in contact with his club, Bayview Golf and Country Club. How are they handling uh, the opening of golf? I know when I spoke to Adam earlier in the week, uh, they were going a different route uh, than a lot of clubs were on things like golf carts and pairings and how many bodies could get to a tee time uh, at once, twosomes versus foursomes, etc. We'll, we'll touch base with Adam, see if that's still the case from a Bayview 
you perspective, just to give you another side of the coin here as golf opens up in the province of Ontario. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Zakino Weeks. It is that time, a little Scully time. Welcoming in master producer himself, Mr. Adam Scully Skulls. Thanks for jumping in tonight in this special edition of GTC. I want to hop right in, right off the bat with you, because you and I spoke uh, earlier in the week, and Bayview Golf and Country Club, a wonderful golf club here in Toronto that you're a member at, uh, Dustin Curtailer, your head golf professional golf director. Great guy, Dustin. Um, friend of mine. Uh, always loved Dustin and the work he does. Uh, it was looking like you guys were headed towards some very uh, stringent uh, guidelines. Uh, you were, you and I were talking about possibly twosomes only, uh, walking only, unless you were medically cleared for a cart. Uh, are those still the rules? Have they softened at all, or is that still the way Bayview will be opening on Saturday? Well, first of all, gents, it's good to be with you both. Um, and to answer your question, Mark, we've changed it a little bit. So in terms of carts right off the hop, they are not available for use unless you have a doctor's note, which is something for sure. Push carts are available, but encourage for members to carry their golf bags uh, if possible. Tea times 12 minutes apart, which I think is pretty good. Uh, and play in groups of three, which is also interesting. So not two, not four, so three right in the middle. And on uh, weekdays, tee times start at nine, and week uh, weekends, they start at eight. So uh, it, it'll be fascinating to see how this all uh, happens or turns out here for Bayview. We have a lottery happening tomorrow. Tee times become available for Saturday, Sunday, Monday, tomorrow at 7 a.m. So I'm expecting a flurry of action on the Bayview website at about 7.02 a.m., uh, and I will be on that for sure as well. <laughs> uh, Scully, what what do you, what's in your mind in terms of of what do you want to do now? When you, like a lot of players go out, like you are good players, and they want to go out and they want to shoot, you know, lower scores, or like what are your expectations? Or do you want to just go out and have fun? Because I'm I'm sort of interested at a lot of different people um, what they want to get out of their golf this year because it is such a different year. You know, Weeksy, I'm interested how I progress. So let's say I go out Saturday and play a good round and the expectations will be higher and then I'll likely go out 
Monday or Wednesday, whatever, and, and not play as well. And then want to go out and the natural reaction would be to go out and practice and go and work on my putting for 20 minutes and go work on my chipping for 20 minutes or work on my high shot to the right, which I do with my driver from time to time. So I'm curious to see how my reaction will change. I know the first time I go out, it'll just be amazing to be on the golf course, whether I shoot 70 or I shoot a hundred, it doesn't really matter to me. It just, it'll be nice to get out in the middle of the fairway. Expectations will be low. Uh, but obviously, you know, we're all competitive people. If, if you know, some, some of us come out of the gate not playing well, we'll want to ramp it up a little bit. So I am curious how my thoughts are going to evolve. Um, but I, I am look, just looking forward to getting out on the golf course. Not sure if I'm going to wear a mask or not. That's something you asked Adam Hadwin a few weeks ago. I am thinking right now of going the, the double glove, the rain gloves, the, the Tommy two glove Ganey or the Phil Mickelson when it's raining. So I'm probably going to go that route. But that's that's really all where I'm at right now with that. I'm actually scared, guys, of, of what, not not of my health, of my golf game. I mean, like, I have no idea what to expect. <laughs> and my my body feels horrible. Uh, you know, last a couple Saturdays ago where we got that warm weather, I jumped out in the backyard, made some swings, uh, started to work a little bit with my weights and my speed sticks, and I, uh, speed sticks, and I, I actually started to feel physically okay. And I was like, you know, wow, this could, this could be okay. And then, of course, the bad weather came back in. And as soon as it got cold mm-hmm. again, you know, I whimper, get in the house, get in the fetal position and pour myself a glass of red wine and say, let me know when summer's here because <laughs> I have no interest in golfing in the cold. So, um, now speaking <laughs> of expectations, Skull, we're going to have Jerry, uh, Foltz on mm-hmm. coming up next. He's going to set up, help us set up the big match on Sunday. Your expectations for Sunday, uh, in terms of quality of golf, what it's going to look like from a TV standpoint. This is going to be a very different type of TV production. I'm more excited just to see Seminole on, on, a, on, a, on a national TV yeah. scale than I am to see anything else. I'm very excited to see Seminole on TV. Unfortunately, here in the GTA, it's supposed to rain all day Sunday, so I guess I'll be glued to my couch on TSN and CTV watching the driving relief for sure. As you guys were talking about earlier, Dustin Johnson hadn't touched a club in quite some time, which isn't to be, you know, it's not unexpected for that to happen for any of these professional golfers with nothing on the horizon, but now that he had something to work on, I'm curious to see how he plays. Uh, obviously, Rory and DJ would be the favorites coming in, but but Wolf and and uh, and Ricky Fowler have that edge maybe on, on on the young side of things, and maybe they play a little more golf, and maybe they've stayed in shape maybe a little differently. I, I'm just intrigued what it's going to look like. Like you said, I'm sure the players will be mic'd up. Uh, I'm I'm curious what the camera shots are going to look like. I'm sure there won't be TrackMan or or any of those technologies. I it's going to be. Curious as well to see the players carry their own clubs because you often don't see that ever unless you see a shot of a player walking in on the driving range carrying their tour bags. These guys obviously won't be using tour bags, but it'll be fascinating to see that uh, on on TV as well. Yeah, Dustin said he's in good enough shape. He thinks he can handle it. And uh, Matthew Wolf said that uh, (laughs) the last course he watched carrying his bag in his his, uh, amateur career was a really hilly one. So he says he's you know, basically Seminole's fairly flat, so he won't have to worry about that. But I think a guy like you could handle it, Scully. But um, it's, is it gonna be, it's going to be a different year in a lot of ways where you probably won't be able to practice a lot, right? I mean, there's not a lot of, yeah. a lot of opportunities to do that. Uh, so, I mean, when I was talking to you about you before about, you know, what do you want to get out of golf? I think, I think for a lot of people, it's just a question of being able to enjoy themselves out there. And uh, for you, like maybe playing with some friends that you haven't seen. I know your family plays a lot of golf and stuff with Mama Scully. And um, mm-hmm. have, you, have you got have you got mm-hmm. games lined up? Is that kind of a 
a sense of, of get out there and enjoy it and get, maybe get a little mental stretch from, from being inside for so much? Exactly. Yeah, I, I have some games lined up. I, I should mention as well one other thing, one other very important note uh, at Bayview is that there is a restriction. So you can only play twice during the week and once during the weekend. So it's not like I can go out and play for the next 50 days in a row, which I think is an important thing because everyone's been cooped up for you know, whatever it's been, eight weeks, and they just want to go out and play golf. So this gives a fair chance for every member to go out and play their three times a week. Yeah, it, it'll be great to, to just to get out, just to get out of the house, do something different, uh, get on the golf course, hopefully make some birdies. I'm fascinated to see what it's going to be like with the cups raised, uh, whether, he's, whether as Brian Hayes tweeted earlier today, you're just going to ram it at those pins with, and don't really worry about the break. I'm curious how that's going to go. Uh, you guys mentioned some of, or Justin O'Leary mentioned a big shout out to the superintendents. And uh, Mike McGilvery, uh, Bayview superintendent, has posted some incredible photos since you know probably a month ago. And Bayview looks like Augusta National right now. So I'm just so excited to get on the property, as I'm sure all of our listeners from coast to coast are, are so excited because I know, as you guys mentioned with Mike Kelly earlier, that you know all these courses the tee times are booked right through to the the long weekend already adam uh quick question here uh i got one more question for you but i need to, i need a little information first you know what the cups are going to look like at baby are you going with the raised cups the pipe the pink caddy do you know what the protocol is going to be for the cup yet you you know what i don't i haven't heard that i'm guessing we're going to go raised, but i that that's literally just a guess i, okay. I really don't know Okay, closing question for you. This I'm comes curious. from my uh, good friend, uh, good friend Dave Hempstead, and I were having this conversation. <laughs> so, a uh, back right hole location, uh, number ten at uh, Bayview. Back right hole location, cups raised oh. an inch above. You're at the bottom of the hill after a big drive. You can only see the top of the flag. You hit a shot that never yeah. leaves the flag. You get up there, and the ball is one inch from the raised cup did it hit the cup and bounce back did it stop short of the cup or did you make a two or are you taking a three Ooh, i think we might need some gopros on every flag i think that should be an investment every club should make no uh i don't know i've never thought of that i i would say maybe uh maybe take the three uh, unless you unless you felt really good about the shot, obviously you can't see it land, which which sucks. But I am curious to see. You, let's say you're on a downhill hole at Bayview, that'd be the 17th hole where I got my hole in one two years ago, almost to the day now. And let's say you see your ball roll and maybe bounce off it or something, like it happened to Jordan Spieth a few weeks ago in a charity event. Then what right. do you do? Is that a hole in one? Right. Is, it, is it a double bogey? I this, don't know. This is one of the. Th I'm just excited. Whether you make a double bogey or you make a birdie or a hole in one or an eagle, it'll just be great to go out and we can talk about our first rounds on our next video podcast, on our next show, and it'll be great for, for <laughs> listeners to, just to be playing golf again. I'm I'm so excited. That uh, Dave Hempstead just isn't another pretty face. There you go, right? <laughs> so, all right, uh, get out there and make some swings, Adam, this weekend. But we're going to talk to you Saturday morning anyway for yep. our usual uh, national edition of GTC Radio. Have a great night, buddy. We'll talk soon. On Thanks, the other side, from the NBC Golf Family and Golf Channel, Jerry Foltz to set up driving relief, the golf, excuse me, the TaylorMade Driving Relief Challenge this weekend from Seminole Golf Club. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure.
This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. We're going to switch gears now, trying to connect with Jerry Foltz from Golf Channel, hopefully hopefully, hopefully connecting with him momentarily. We have the big match Sunday, Bob. Are you excited that live golf is returning to the airwaves? So right now I'd watch uh, basically you and me have a thumb wrestling contest at this point. As long as I don't have to watch something on Zoom again. I think I'll be, uh, I'll be pretty happy. Although, listen, I got to give I got to give you big props because you guys have the big announcement this week with Off the Hosel. Congratulations! It's going to be coming to TSN. Yeah, thank you, Bob. I know uh, you know you're a Bell Five uh, TV subscriber, as am I. So I know you've yeah. had been able to access the episodes through Bell, but. Uh, the, there's not a ton of uh, households in the country that have the CBS Sports Network in the U.S. So the majority of our audience, I would say probably close to 97, 98% of our audience right now has really been a Canadian audience, excuse me, an American audience for Off the Hosel. So we're super excited to have it on TSN in June, and it's a fun show. I know you, you know what it's all about. So I'm happy that our Golf Talk Canada listeners and viewers are going to get a chance to see Off the Hosel and have a laugh. Before the tour comes back, really, you know, at the uh, middle of the end of June, before it gets real serious. But uh, but it's good that we've got golf this Sunday. And our next guest, a member of the NBC Golf family from Golf Channel, he'll be covering the action from Seminole Golf Club, our friend Jerry Fultz. And Jerry, as uh, he said to me uh, via text this week, anything to come on with you and my, uh, I think he called you, Bob, his curling sensei. Jerry, how are you tonight? <laughs> I am good. And you're right. I give I give any reason I would do anything to have a reason in the world to talk to Bob because he is the most understated, uh, knowledgeable, and professional man I've ever met in golf media and other things as well. He's one of my favorite people. <laughs> See, you notice wow, Bob how is... he left the PGA Tour radio team out of this when he said that. Did you notice that? So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, uh, hey, Jerry, you got uh, you got a big job this weekend, and and you're going to be one of the few people who's actually on site. What what are the preparations been like? Thanks for reminding me, Bob and Mark. I take back everything I just said. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I'm already nervous, and then you just throw it right at me like that, Bob, for crying out loud. Um, yeah, there's going to be like eight people on the course: four players, two rules officials, myself, Steve Sands, and Karen Stupples, who's going to be doing yards and spotting. Uh, with our team obviously you know she's my life partner um so yeah that, that's it that's all that's going to be on the golf course and god knows how many million eyeballs will be on the tv watching so i'm nervous as hell i've never done an event like this nobody has uh, we've never done it with this kind of production element which is six handheld cameras all on foot no scaffolding no nothing a skeleton crew and, and an intimate look at golf, and uh, I, I just don't want to screw it up, and, and I'm convinced I'm going to. It's one of those recurrent nightmares, like when you, you know, when I when I would play professional golf, I always had the recurrent nightmare that the tee boxes were too close to the tee sign, and I couldn't take the backswing, and I always wake up when I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm having that nightmare. I am going to mess this up. There's no question about it. 
Not a chance. Uh, not a chance at all. And first of all, Jerry, it doesn't matter. We're all so bloody excited to, to, to listen to you and see you and watch the golf that you guys could basically put up anything on Sunday. We'd be happy to see it. Uh, you know, it's an interesting format. Um, the graduated increase in skins is going to be fun. Half a million dollars sitting on that 18th hole. I like the way they've changed up the format, makes it a little interesting, change it up a little, give people something they haven't seen before. Yeah, well, the, as, as any skins game, the you know the skins progress through time, but there's also a different, uh, a few other uh, prize funds that other sponsors have donated to, and the public can donate to as well. And so, what, the, the difference in this being that you will see players putting out, even though their partner's already in with a birdie or eagle, because every birdie gets twenty five grand, every eagle gets fifty grand. They reserve the right to change that later in the day because uh, I think it's farmer's insurance, perhaps. Uh, excuse me if I'm wrong, um, is is giving uh, up to a certain, I mean, a whole lot of money for that fund. So that that's a little bit different. And then the last hole being worth a half million bucks. And if they tie, we go to the 17th hole and play it from 125 yards, which everybody's excited to see. And uh, and then if they tie from there and time permitting. We go to the 125-yard tee box again. Uh, well, actually, I think I'm giving out inside information here, but all right, too late. Uh, <laughs> and then closest to the hole will win for a half million bucks for the two charities, the uh, the CDC Foundation and the American Nursing. Uh, I don't know the exact title of it, but to help the first responders. Jerry, what do you think in some ways, I know there's only, as you said, there's going to be very few people on the course, and there's only going to be four players in some ways, is this kind of a sneak preview of what golf's going to look like in the future on a smaller scale? I think in the near future, yeah, Bob. And it could be that way for a while. Who knows until we get a handle on this, would it be a therapeutic, a cure, or a vaccine? Um, yeah, it's going to look like this. Uh, I think um, there'll be a bigger footprint from a TV standpoint and from an infrastructure standpoint at, at Colonial than what we're putting on this. But we're doing this for a reason because Palm Beach County has – has restrictions on what we could do, and it's the first tournament to be seen. Um, so there'll be a bigger footprint on it, but not much. Uh, and I think, I think this is what we're going to see in in the near future, and then perhaps in the extended future. Because once you prove you can do something this, you know, well, and I, I know Tommy Roy, and I know our NBC team are so committed to making this the greatest thing ever, with the exception of the fact that they're stuck with me on the broadcast. Um, I know once you do, once you prove you can do it like that, then it's like when the bean counters are like, well, let's do every week like that. We just save so much money. (laughs) So, yeah, there is, there is a, uh, and, you know, with the new uh, deal with, uh, with NBC Comcast uh, PGA Tour for the rights and the extended contract with the LPGA and PGA Tour going forward um, and PGA Tour Live, I think we're going to see a lot more coverage similar to this, which, and I'm excited about it, Bob, because, and Mark, it gives you a little bit of the, 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 look and feel that we see when we're out there and not that you see when you're watching TV with the elevated cameras and what have you. We'll have the aerials, but we'll, all the cameras are going to be ground level and it gives you that, you know, that PJ tour live look and, and it gives you that inside the ropes feel like we're just all out playing golf together. 
Listen, guys, uh, none of you know what it looks like from five foot seven and a half with that radial gear strapped in you. I basically stare at the back of Nota Begay's uh, back all day is what I look at when I'm walking the fairways. OK, so you guys, you guys are all looking over my head. Let's be honest. We're with Jerry Fultz from the Golf Channel. He's part of the broadcast team this Sunday, the TaylorMade Driving Relief. Jerry, there's, you know, obviously uh, three huge stars, an up and coming budding star in Matt Wolf. But is the fifth star here and the real and one of the kind of uh, hidden blessings for, for, for some of the golf community that isn't not familiar with Seminole, that the fact that the opportunity we get to see Seminole Golf Club at a competitive level on a national TV scale? Um, uh, first off, I don't. what height do you have to get before you start counting half inches? I'm just, just curious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, if this were just a golf channel broadcast, I would say Seminole would likely be the star of the show because it's a niche audience and we have our loyal viewers in, in the U.S. And, and Canada as well um, that tune in because they, they want to see Seminole because they're golf lovers. Uh, this is going to get the passive fan, not just the avid fan. And so most people are tuning in to watch live sports, to watch live golf, and to watch Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, and Ricky Fowler. Um, but Seminole is a huge curiosity factor to those people that you, all three of us, interact with on a daily basis. Maybe the biggest curiosity factor, because I've never been there. I've read and seen so much on it in the last two weeks, but I've never been there. But we've all heard about it, and we've all heard the reverence with which it's – with the way it's described and uh, i can't wait to see it we get to go down saturday early and do a drive around walk around and have a meeting and what have you with nobody there and uh and then broadcast it sunday i can't wait to see it i talked to zinger earlier today who's played it a million times paul azinger and uh he's like man you're in for a treat he goes it might seem a little underwhelming when you first walk out on the course but give it a look see pretend like you're playing it pretend like you played it a couple times and it'll be one of the greatest courses you've ever seen so on paper, this looks like a lopsided win, but I, I heard Dustin Johnson on the press conference today saying that the first time he touched a club since that first round of the players was uh, last Sunday. So I don't know. Is there is there a way you can make this uh, the underdogs, not so much the underdogs here? Yeah, no, I listened to that too. He's, he actually later uh, later in that call, he admitted that he had hit balls a couple times, which basically <laughs> meant that last Sunday was the first time he touched a club. Um, but that was the first time he hit the golf course, played a hole of golf in what seven, eight weeks. Uh, I, I, I give the nod to Wolf and Ricky. They've been playing all the time. They've been playing a lot of golf together. Now, Ricky's been playing left-handed with Justin Thomas, playing with Persimmons, doing all this that we all keep up with on social media, but they've been playing a lot. Rory, I listened to him on a radio show about two weeks ago. Maybe it was with Brad Faxon. He talked about how hard it was to get motivated to go practice if you don't have a goal in sight. At that, this point in his career, it's all about goals. Golf is not, is not a fun thing for him. It's a job. It's a career. It's, it's his life. And how hard it was for him to just get motivated to go practice. And you know DJ. I mean, he's, that guy rolls out of bed. He could, he could go in a coma for six years and, and come out and hit the ball 320 yards straight down the middle. Um, so he's not worried about it, but I give the, I give the nod to Matt Wolf and Ricky Fowler. And I know Justin Ray, you guys both know Justin Ray, 15th club, formerly golf mm-hmm. channel researcher. He put together a little stat that said that since, since Matt Wolf has joined, uh, joined the tour head to head matchups in tournaments where Rory and Dustin were playing. He's Oh, 20 and one. So they're, they're, 
They're <laughs> huge underdogs, but they've been playing the most. They're, they got that Cowboy, that Oklahoma State Cowboy thing going. I'm giving the nod to them. Oh, I love it. Calling the dark horse should be fun, should be exciting. It's a great cause. Live sports back. He is Jerry Fultz. You can follow him on Twitter at Jerry Fultz GC from the Golf Channel. He'll be part of the coverage Sunday. Jerry, thanks so much for doing this with Bob and I tonight. I hope I get to see you soon out on the road when our radio duties pick back up in June. And please say hi to Karen for Bob and I. Uh, give her our best and say hello for us. And say, I will. She's bread. sitting right here. She said every. She said hi back. Sorry, Bob. Save some bread for us. Save some bread for us. I got plenty for you, buddy. <laughs> Jerry, thanks. Have a great night. Well, uh, enjoy it on Sunday. Jerry Fultz from the Golf Channel. Bob and I on the other side. Put a bow on tonight's show. Some final thoughts. A little look forward to the weekend on Golf Talk Canada Radio and uh, TSN and CTV's coverage of the Golf Channel's broadcast of the TaylorMade Driving Relief for uh, COVID uh, Foundation. Boy, Bob, I'm looking forward to live sports. I'm pumped, uh, especially we're going to get that bad weather here in uh, southern Ontario, which means more couch time for yours truly. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos, meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to GTC as we wrap up this special edition. We're going to be back on the weekend. There's actually lots still going on in the world of golf. The Korean LPGA Tour is out playing an official event this week. Tommy Fleetwood has uh, openly suggested that any type of extended travel to the U.S. is uh, not in the cards for him and his family if... uh, if uh, that's what it's going to take to play golf on the PGA Tour this year. Quail Hollow has been announced as a future uh, venue of the PGA Championship. So we're going to get to a lot of it on Saturday morning in our regular time slot. Bob, you know what I've been sitting here thinking about? Uh, a lot of golf courses now reopening. They're going to have to uh, maybe be a little bit more relaxed on uh, dress code as we open up on Saturday. Uh, can anyone fit into their golf pants anymore? <laughs> exactly. It'll feel weird to have something other than sweats on. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if they'll allow that at Weston. They might have to get a special exemption or something. But uh, you know what? It, it does, you're, you're actually got a good point there because I think there is going to be a lot of changes and a lot of things that we're not used to when we're playing. Like I was saying to Scully, you know, my mission in the next few rounds that I play is just just breathe the air and have some fun out there. Yeah, me too. Just be happy that we're outside. We get to see friends and get to get back to it but uh i don't know mr i can just see them on the first first tee right now mr weeks uh do you have any jogging pants without any holes in them sir that, <laughs> yeah. where, that's where we draw the line it's the holes you know so it's okay someone from the pro shop will come out and tap the starter on the shoulder bob and say sorry uh he's allowed it's a multiple hall of fame uh, person here you can uh, he can wear what he likes that's how that- <laughs> 
that's all that's going to go down for you. So that's it. Well, I hope you get out, Bob, and make some swings. And I know we're going to be talking Saturday morning. David Bradley is going to join us. I'm going to try to talk Scully into other than David Bradley. I think on uh, Saturday morning, uh, you and I, we do news and headlines. We uh, uh, have David Bradley on, and we just pl- press play on tonight's show. Uh, kind yeah. of take almost a Saturday off, right? This, this is all going to be relevant to the rest of the country, is it not, come Saturday morning? Well, it's right. You know, uh, I just actually was, in that last break, was looking at a couple things on my computer. It looks like Nova Scotia, which is the holdout, uh, may have yeah. an announcement coming tomorrow. So we'll see if uh, finally that we get the cool country now playing golf or about to play golf. So, um, you know, it, it does go to show you the power of golf, that, that it's one of the few options we have right now to be able to go out and, and do some things. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's golf and running. Hey, who, who does those two sports? <laughs> uh, like always, Bob, you're ahead of the curve on these things. All right. Well, that does it for tonight's show. On Saturday, like I said, we will kind of pick it up. All joking aside, we will pick it up where we leave it off tonight is there will be some more news and some other things to chew on that are not COVID-related, uh, at least not fully covid related going to be interesting to see uh, i was interested to hear what jerry uh suggested about the production values uh this sunday and he's right uh when bean counters get a hold of things uh it's interesting if they say well hold on you guys did it this cheap on that day why can't you do it this cheap moving forward so it's going to be interesting to see some of the new ways that we find uh how to do things the pga tour isn't back until june 11th of course a much bigger production when they get to Texas to resume the PGA Tour season. And, boy, a lot's going to change between now and then anyway, hopefully for the better. The one thing that I want to get into on Saturday, Bob, that the kind of Adam poked the bear a little bit tonight uh, with you and I via text was, of course, this Sunday it's the TaylorMade uh, Driving Relief. Uh, next Saturday, or excuse me, the following Sunday is the match. Peyton Manning... Uh, and Tiger Woods taking on Tom Brady and uh, Phil Mickelson. Did you see the broadcast team for the match, or should I say the match two? Well, it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's more celebrities, aren't it? We've got we not only have the, the football players on the golf course, but we got a, a basketball player who's going to help with the broadcast, and Charles Barkley. It's a little bizarre. We've got now. I am curious to hear Justin Thomas because Justin Thomas is going to be one of the analysts out there alongside Trevor Immelman, the other analyst. But Charles Barkley, part of the broadcast. Uh, I know Amanda Bo- uh, Bolionis is going to be on course reporter. Uh, it's a TNT production. It's it seems a, a little disheveled at the moment. I'm going to give him a chance because uh, you got to give him a chance. But my initial instinct was really. Bit of a head-scratcher, but we'll see. We will see. You know what I think, Bob. I think it should always be you and me. Uh, yeah. Me with the headset, you with the fedora and the notepad. Like, that's just <laughs> the way it should go. Bob, well, have a great night. Enjoy you your too. Friday. And we'll talk to you on uh, Saturday morning, and we'll uh, cover everything in the, the world of golf. Don't forget, off the hosel every Monday night, 8.30 p.m. on the CBS Sports Network. If you are a Bell 5 TV subscriber in Canada, it's my new series, only five episodes. It's a lot of fun. It's a good laugh. And we're coming to TSN in June for a full-blown Canadian launch. So if you're a fan of Golf Talk Canada, radio or TV, I'm glad we're able to bring that to you in June. 20 Weeks of TaylorMade is 
continuing. Week two, it is the Sim Fairway Metal and the MG2 uh, wedges. We're going to have that personalized wedge, my MG2 wedge program, and a Fairway Metal from Sim is week two prizing. The only way you can win, follow us on social media at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter and Instagram. We have 19 weeks to go, close to 20,000 in prizing across 20 weeks of TaylorMade. The grand prize, the U.S. Open weekend, we're going to give away a full set of TaylorMade golf clubs, custom fit, top to bottom, 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Follow us on social media at Golf Talk Canada. Video podcast drops. Every Wednesday afternoon, tsn.ca, myself, Bob, Adam Scully on tsn.ca with the Golf Talk Canada video podcast every Wednesday afternoon. And if you missed last weekend's Golf Talk Canada radio, GTC TV returns Saturday, August 1st. We are coming back to TV. It is a full-blown 9-10 to week marathon of Golf Talk Canada television where we will broadcast every Saturday morning GTC Talk Radio TV for two hours every Saturday morning on TSN2 television. And every weekday, we will have a new GTC TV show every Wednesday, as well as a lead-in into PGA Tour Golf and Major Championship Golf Thursdays on TSN TV. It will be a busy summer, busy fall for the GTC family. We're back Saturday morning with live two hours, brand new radio. Thank you so much for listening tonight. Get out, play golf. It's back. Remember, first good decision of the golf course starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos. Meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.